Welcome to the Beyond Macros podcast, a show where we teach you how to get leaner, stronger, and perform better through nutrition, training, and the art of inner work. Beyond Macros is a nutrition coaching company, and we have multiple options for coaching. We have a group program, which opens back up in June, and we also have one-on-one coaching options. Today's guest, Emma D'Alessandro, is a former one-on-one coaching client. She helped us develop the recipes for our Macros and Meals product, which is a cheap way to get your macros calculated plus simple meal prep ideas to help make it easy to hit your macros. She has also helped us develop recipes and meal prep resources for the group program. This is all based on her experience as a client plus her experience as a recipe developer. Last summer, I was feeling pretty sluggish. I felt heavy. I had a hard time finishing my CrossFit workouts um, without taking lots of breaks and not feeling very fast and agile. And I was training for the Malibu Triathlon in September and had a hard time on some of the longer training days. So I went to Beyond Macros to help me fine tune uh, my eating. Um, Even though I feel like I had been eating pretty healthy, I was able to fine tune and focus a little bit on getting some more of the macros and nutrients that I needed to sustain longer training and also to um, just dial it in a little bit. And I felt uh, very supported the whole time as well as having a lot of flexibility. There was no strict plan on what I had to eat. Uh, which is great for me since I'm a vegetarian. Um, So as long as I could work with my macros, I was able to complete those every day. And I started to feel a lot more energetic. I started to feel a lot lighter. And I was able to get my first chest of our pull-ups, my first strict handstand push-ups and kipping without an ab mat. I PR CrossFit times. My Helen went down by one minute and 30 seconds to a sub 10 minute Helen. I PR'd on my major lifts, like my clean, snatch, deadlift, back squat, and my front squat. My K time improved by three minutes, um, and that was during my triathlon. My triathlon was super successful. I finished it in a sub three hours, which was a PR for me as well. Um, and even my mile time dropped to a sub seven with about a 40 second improvement. Um, And I continued after the program to see these improvements and to continue to PR a lot. Um, And it just felt good to be able to have so much energy while I was working out. Emma is one of the most realistic recipe developers I have met. She keeps the ingredients and cooking methods simple. And today she loads us up with practical tips to keep meal prep simple, delicious, and fun. This is because her meal prep journey started while she was working full time. You know, I started meal prepping before I even really knew it was called meal prepping when I was working full time as a teacher and a coach. And I would be gone from, uh, you know, 630 in the morning until sometimes 7 or 730 at night. And I would just start cooking based off of actually more of a financial need. Um, than being able to grab food out all the time and actually a convenience because where I was working wasn't really time or a place for me to go grab food. Um, so if I didn't bring anything, uh, I would not have access to much. Um, and being a vegetarian, I wouldn't eat the school food most of the days because a lot of times it was um, meat-based. So I definitely could um, empathize with people who had really busy 
schedules and know that sometimes it's just it's super hard to cook. And then I would come home at night sometimes and I would be eating like celery out of a out of a peanut butter jar um, because I hadn't prepped anything. And then, of course, you don't feel very good. And um, it's not that, you know, it's not the most uh, nourishing, healthy uh, um, food, but it kind of gets the job done. Um, so my I think what I always wanted to focus on was keeping it so people could do it in the time that they have and not spend, you know, five, six hours of their Sunday uh, in the kitchen. Because for me, Sundays were pretty big deals. Um, A, I was always lesson planning, so I didn't have a ton of time plus doing other, you know, chores. And then especially when the weather is nice, um, you do not want to be inside on a on the weekend, especially if you're working inside five days a week. If you haven't seen any of the recipes Emma has developed for us, or you're not familiar with her Instagram at craving underscore nature underscore, you probably aren't familiar with just how beautiful the food she makes is. I was intimidated at first when looking at her food photos until I saw the ingredients lists. Here is how she learned how to keep food simple and beautiful. Talking to the farmers actually was a huge help for me in learning how to cook different vegetables and how to prepare them and even some of them, what they were called. Like I remember the first time I saw uh, kohlrabi, I had zero idea what it was. And talking to the farmers, I was able to get some tips on how to use it um, and then include it. And then it just became really easy to include an array of colors in the food. And I think that's what makes it really beautiful is when it's naturally colorful and it's, got, you know, you put lentils in with, uh, they're, they're not the prettiest color. They're like kind of a brown or you can get green ones. But if you put in like some really pretty pomegranate seeds, it kind of contrasts if you spice it up because it's a little bit sweet and tart. And then it also has that really pretty color. So that's kind of, you know, it, it balances things out. And Emma also blends beauty with flavor by using herbs. She likes that they add a pop of green color and flavor without adding salt. So I asked her, what are your go-to herbs and how do you use them? It depends on obviously what the dish is, but a lot of times I use basil, cilantro, thyme, oregano, and mint. I would say are my top five. Um, and I just think that mint can be used to, to with something that's really spicy. It can be kind of in there to cool it down or super citrusy. Um, I love basil with anything with tomatoes. Um, I love this, that tomatoes and basil actually grow really well next to each other um, and that in nature. And that kind of shows us that we're supposed to eat them together. I thought that basil and tomato knowledge was interesting because I always grew a tomato sauce garden with tomatoes, basil and oregano in my backyard growing up. In addition to getting inspiration from farmer's markets and nature, Emma also recommends drawing inspiration from your favorite dishes at restaurants and looking up the recipes. You can also draw your inspiration from the grocery store. I think it is Trader Joe's has this lentil salad dish, and that's where I actually was got inspired to create this from. Um, but it's got tomatoes and arugula, and I put cap, like, you know, I made it into my own with what I had in the fridge. I put cabbage in it, a little bit of feta, um, you know, some, uh, rice vinegar, or you could do white wine or champagne vinegar or something like that. Um, and salt and pepper. And it was just so simple. And, uh, 
It's absolutely delicious. So it's also good to look at things that you love from different restaurants or different stores, something like Trader Joe's that has so much prepped food um, to kind of get some inspiration for yourself. So you don't fall into the, I always call it like the steamed broccoli and chicken rut, which I feel like a lot of people have when it comes to meal prep. One of the other things I love about Emma's approach is that she teaches how to get a variety of flavors out of your prepped food without spending too much extra time in the kitchen. This is one of my favorite resources we've made available in our group program, and Emma shares some of these tips with me here. The first and most important is a pizza analogy. I love doing frittatas. They're super simple. I was thinking about it today. It's like how to keep things less boring. It's almost like making it, you know how when we order pizza, we love to do half and half because we love that variety. And that's kind of another approach that I like to take with the cooking is like, why not do a frittata with half? You do like half super heavy veggie and then half maybe with a little bit more meat, just like we would do on a pizza. And this is at the core of many of her practical tips. Start with one core food and add different flavors. I like to batch cook. So if I'm making dinner, let's say on Sunday night or Monday night, I will make a huge amount of the food. And then I will make... You know, one, I will use some of the ingredients that I've made for one recipe, and then I'll keep the rest in the fridge, um, or I'll create while, you know, have everything out already, I'll create different dishes with that, those same ingredients. So it could be, I'm going to think of an example for you. So if I like what we were talking about before with the lentils, I might create three different dishes out of the lentils. It could be a lentil salad. And then I'll have, I'll be making also stuffed peppers. And when I make those stuffed peppers, I'll, you know, I'll make them so I can have them for maybe two days, but that way it's not, um, overwhelming where it's like by, by Thursday or Friday, I'm like absolutely sick of them. And then I'll have, um, maybe I'll have some rice in there as well. So I can add in the rice with the lentils and do a little bit more of a, of a bean and rice sort of dish. She also had some great recommendations for vegetarians to make a bunch of protein pasta and to have two different sauces to eat with it. For all of the omnivores, she also recommended to prepare a bunch of chicken ahead of time and to have different sauces to prepare each night. So I had to ask Emma to share what her favorite sauces and flavors are. She mentioned a few of my favorites, Thai Kitchen Curry Paste, Trader Joe's Habanero Hot Sauce, and another called El Yucateco. She also dove into some ingredients I don't often use, but love when I eat at restaurants. I love anything Mediterranean, so um, I love using marinated artichokes, sun-dried tomatoes, capers um, as flavorings. I think that they can make dishes excellent. It can be in like... Sometimes I'll make that, um, I'll make potatoes and I'll put that in there. I do that with salad a whole bunch. Um, I think it just can be used in a lot of different ways. Um, I'll do like a white bean kind of like mash with those ingredients as well. Um, yeah. And then create like a wrap with it. So I, I'm a big fan of like doing wraps with either collar collards or, um, cabbage, um, I don't do a ton of lettuce wraps, but I don't buy a ton of actual like romaine or anything. Um, I'm more into the arugula and spinach greens. She also brought up another flavor I think most people underutilize, and that is acidity. In particular, vinegars. 
She mentioned balsamic being her go-to, but also mentioned a few others and how to use them. I love it with things like... The first thing that's coming to my mind right now is a salad, of course, like a salad dressing. It's very typical to do in olive oil and let's say a, a balsamic. Um, colder like bean dishes, like I was saying, like the white bean mash um, or the lentils, if you're going to do it more of a cold style, um, you could do vinegar in that way. Or um, it, for me, it reminds me very much of like a picnic food. Um that's what's coming to mind right now. Um, as well as like a potato salad can be done with vinegar. So it's, you know, you don't have to have like all that heavy, creamy um, things and like mayonnaise, which I'm not a huge fan of. Um, so I would start very simply with something like that. Um, and then, of course, like the further you get into it, um, you could start. Oh, I also love roasting um, Brussels sprouts with balsamic. That's delicious as well. So you can, there are some vegetables that I love to do with it also. But I would say like a lot of like to start out, I would do some colder, um, especially now that we're moving into the summer. Um, For those of us who are in the Northern Hemisphere, I don't know if you have a lot of listeners down under. Um, But um, I think that, you know, that's a great way to start with it. And then, kind of experimenting with some um, roasting vegetables. Um, I don't know about anything with the meat. Oh, fish is actually a good place to start with it as well, like creating a sort of glaze. Um, with it, you could do like an orange balsamic glaze for a salmon um, or a white fish, and that would be really good as well. Um, so that, those would be my recommendations, especially now that it's becoming grilling season. I think that doing those sorts of marinades and glazes would be excellent to throw then a fish on a grill. Yeah, I, that's my that is my number one go to for sure. Um, that's what I grew up with a lot. Um, but I also really like um, using champagne vinegar as well, and that's that's more for uh, colder dishes. I was and some in white wine vinegar as well. So those are the one. Those are my top. But I would say the one that I use most often would be balsamic. Of course, knowledge of flavors is important, but you need the equipment to cook them in and the skills to cook them, right? Here's what Emma suggests for cooking tools. Something that's super important is a good knife. I would get a nice chef's knife and also something that's really good to cut up if you're doing chickens and things like that, um, as well as vegetables. Um, so you want something that's pretty sharp and can and chop different things, um, you know, finely as well if you need them, if you're cooking the vegetables. So I'd say a good knife. Um, I would say a good skillet. I love my cast iron skillet. I use that to cook almost everything in. Um, and it's so versatile because you can also put it in the oven. Um, and I don't think I've ever done this, but I actually had a friend telling me that he will cook a steak a little bit on the stovetop and then I'll take it out and I'll put it on the grill in the skillet. Um, so it's pretty transferable, which is great. And they're pretty indestructible. Um, you just, it's one of those things that you just have to make sure that, uh, you clean right after you use it. It's not something that you can let sit in the sink with water. Um, so I would say a good knife, a skillet, uh, cast iron, especially I love, um, 
having a really good blender to make, you know, healthier condiments and sauces with, and sometimes, um, and smoothies and just different, um, you can make, you know, you, you can make hummus, you can make guac, you can make salsa, smoothies, soups are great in a blender. Um, they make it really easy. And if you don't want to go for a big on the counter blender because of either counter space or you don't like things cluttering up, um, an immersion blender can also work really great. She also suggested a large pot. I think of like when you're growing up, what you would have made spaghetti in. And that's it. A really simple setup can go a long way. As I am building out the kitchen in my van, it has really forced me to think this way. The other important part of the equation we still have yet to touch on is cooking skills. What do you need to know to make meal prep easy? An open mind and a willingness to experiment, I think, is something that has definitely helped me a lot um, just with different flavors and trying to think of flavor pairings that I've had while eating out um, that have that I've loved and recreating those. In addition to the open mind, which is a brilliant answer, there are some practical skills as well, like learning how to use a knife, which is so easy kids can do it. Simple things can make your life a little bit easier, just practicing chopping vegetables a little, and then it becomes a little bit faster so you don't spend a ton of time chopping. And with a good knife, that'll become even easier because you're not wrestling with... It's funny how a pepper can be hard to cut if you don't have a sharp knife. When I taught a cooking camp for kids, we had really dull knives for them. And we actually ended up taking those away and giving them real knives because um, they're the more like kid friendly, duller knives. We found that they were like they weren't as effective and it was making us a little bit too nervous. It doesn't have to be complicated. Emma says she doesn't think people need to be chefs and that YouTube has taught her some of her most valuable skills. She recommended looking up videos about how to poach eggs in a muffin tin, how to chop onions, and how to cut fruits like mangoes. And lastly, Emma was a Beyond Macros client, so I wanted to hear from her what, if anything, was different about her approach to meal prep when she was tracking macros versus before. When I was focusing on macros, I think I was a little bit more strict on myself with food prep and making sure that I did it during a time where I knew I would be prepped for the week. I think I was a little bit more strict in the sense that, A, of course, I thought I was trying to follow the macros, but more of I needed to have more food readily available so that when I did get hungry, I didn't go down the street and grab an, like an RX bar or I didn't um, you know, which would always like throw me over my sugars and my carbs and everything. And then I would, um, could reach into my fridge and have some sort of healthy option. So I think it just made me, I think being with beyond macros and being, uh, you know, macros focus, um, made me more into having a different, you know, a, a, a bigger arsenal of food. No, just a different or, you know, more options available for myself. So I would definitely have like a ton of things to go to. And also things that I would have in the freezer for like those super emergency moments um, when you like couldn't get to the store or when you couldn't or when you just came. This is always a big one for me, like after a flight, getting home at 10 o'clock at night and there's nothing to eat in your fridge. It's like... Okay, what do you do? You order something in. It's usually not that healthy. So having something in the freezer prepped and ready 
would all, would be a huge, um, you know, would be something that I <clears throat> would have been a little bit more strict on having when I was doing the Beyond Macros program. Since the freezer was such an important part of the process, she shared some of her staples for the freezer to keep eating healthy convenient when you don't have much time. Sometimes I'll have veggie burgers in the freezer. Sometimes I'll have that I've made um, or that I've purchased. Sometimes I'll have, like, uh, I'll do a bean chili that I'll keep in the freezer because that reheats super easily and it usually tastes better after it's been sitting for a while. Um, you know, it's like one of those stews, some soups, um, or sometimes I'll have something like what you mentioned, you know, some sort of, I love their, they have a, a pepper melange. Um, so it's, they have tricolored peppers frozen and I'll cook those up and, you know, some eggs or hopefully have some sort of, um, other protein frozen in the freezer, like a fish or uh, veggie burgers or something like that. She also mentioned smoothie ingredients as being a super important part of stocking the freezer. I usually have frozen blueberries or some sort of fruit. Sometimes I'll freeze bananas, but I do. I like to freeze zucchini as well for smoothies. It gives it more body, which I like. Um, I like when things seem bigger. And then also, of course, they have good nutrients in them. And then I'll usually have frozen like half of a bag of spinach usually because i can't eat it in time before we go on vacation emma had one final and potent nugget of knowledge she wanted to share when i asked her if we missed anything important about food prep try and have fun and try and you know get people to do it with you if you have you know if you live with a roommate have your roommate um maybe get in on it with you or have a friend come over or your significant other and and make you know like a little night out of it um and something that helps me a lot when i'm cooking is i like to listen to uh podcasts (laughs) you know this has nothing to do with your food of course but you know it makes getting in the kitchen something that you can kind of look forward to like you have a podcast that you're super into or a story you know you're following a certain storyline um it's like when you get into the car sometimes i would be super excited if i was following a certain podcast and I had to drive far, but it didn't matter that much because you had something to look forward to. So it's just kind of trying to make it um, a little bit less of a chore and more of something that you can enjoy doing. I hope you had a notebook open for this episode because it was loaded with tips and I've already been implementing some of them since recording the interview. Marinated artichoke hearts are my new favorite ingredient. I just want to give a huge thanks to Emma for coming on the show and all she has done in collaboration with Beyond Macros. You should definitely go check out her website, cravingnature.com, for more recipes. They're mostly vegetarian, but I usually just add meat to them, and voila, omnivore dish. She is also a talented photographer, and her Instagram, at craving underscore nature underscore, is full of food porn and travel inspiration. We linked her up in the show notes at beyondmacros.com slash 31 and also added links to the Macros and Meals products that she helped us develop. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit subscribe now so that you automatically get future episodes downloaded to your podcast app. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to seeing you again next week.